be exalted, O God. Lord, as we look to your word, we ask that you please, Father, talk to us. Give us understanding of your word. Let our lives be transformed. Do not let any of us live the same way. Your word is potent. It's sharper than two-edged sword. Your word can instruct. Your word can redefine. And your word also can rebuke. We pray, dear Father, that please, Lord, do what you can do with us tonight. We are not here, Lord, to meet with anyone but to meet with you. Please, Father, let us see you. In Jesus' name, amen. Good evening once again. Hallelujah. Welcome to church. Welcome to Carizan God. And if this is your first time joining us online, thank you so much for making our time to fellowship with us today. We do not take your time for granted. We thank you so much for coming. We believe. As a matter of fact, I assured you in the name of Jesus that uh, you will receive your blessing today. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm sure if I ask us, we will possibly know. Good to see you, sir. I'm sure if, if I ask us a few things about Abraham, we possibly could say a lot of things. Or assume that, okay, I assume that at least you will know something about Abraham, right? So because this is Bible study, it's also an opportunity for me to learn. Amen. So I'm just going to, because we're going to look into his life briefly. We're going to start a study of his life briefly and we'll, you know, um, continue from there next week. I'm sure we all, we all know, let me just say, let me say, Abraham, who was Hebron, right? We read from the scriptures at some point in the journey of his life, God had to change his name. So, anybody wants to tell us what you know about Father Abraham? Anyone? The microphone is there, please. Tell us what you know. We all sing the. Father Abraham has many sons, many sons, many sons. As Father Abraham, I am one of them. <laughs> yeah. Sir, you are holding the microphone. Well, I know Abraham to be a friend of God, you know, father of faith. Abraham did um, something very spectacular that God would say that he wouldn't do anything without telling his friend Abraham. So Abraham is, you know, like we claim, is our father, has many sons. So it's even in the Bible that we are children of Abraham, 
blessed is you bless blesses us praise the Lord hallelujah amen you know Hebrew I just try to from just what you said you know the Bible is clear about it Bible said it God said will I do anything without telling my friend Abraham oh Imagine God says that about you. <laughs> that will be sweet, isn't it? And Abraham trusted God or believed God. And it was counted unto him as righteousness. So in the account of God, his level of trust and belief and faith in God is equal to his righteousness. Any other person? I hope I've not said what you plan to say. <laughs> no, I'm just buttressing this point. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hey, Abraham, like PF said, is a, is a friend of God and he's the father of all nations. <laughs> and is the father of Isaac and Ishmael. Yeah. Abraham didn't have a child for a very long time and then God promised him that he was going to give him a son and he kept believing in God. Abraham was a man of faith. Okay. So, okay, please give him the microphone. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, what I want to add to what uh, that has been said is that um, God gave a testimony concerning Abraham that he was going to command his household to follow him. Hmm. That was a powerful one. A man who, had, who was in control of his household who could teach them God's ways and they would follow hmm. because they could see that he himself leads by example. Hmm. Thank you. You know, um, that's a... Thank you for reminding us who the kind of father Abraham was. God said, I trust Abraham that he will command his children, you know, to follow God. Let's just look into Genesis chapter 11. That's where we're going to start from today. And we're just going to look at his, his genealogy. And of course, in the coming days, I also want us to, you know, after today's teaching, go home and read more about Abraham and then extract the lessons from his life so that the next meeting will be uh, robust and um, it will be, it will be, it will then be a conversation so we all can you know have one or two things to learn you know from your study so I will encourage you after today so I'm just going to create a background and um, say a few things about um, about about Abraham's life and God's instructions to Abraham from Genesis chapter 12 and then I will leave us to go home and study you know just so you can come up with you know, something that we all can learn from. 
Amen. I'm sure the Holy Spirit is going to minister different things to us. Okay. Make sure you come to church next week. Oh. Now that you say, Pastor has asked us to go and study. Is he asking us to come and preach? No. I'm not saying so. I'm just, I want to learn and I believe every other person can learn <coughs> from you also. Holy Spirit, help me. I'm just trying to see how I can put this together. All right, so Genesis 11, verse 27. And then we're still going to go back to Genesis chapter 1. And Genesis chapter 11, and then we'll read uh, a few, I think the first eight verses, because I want to portray a point, just to post that with Genesis chapter 12. Something very important to see, uh, just to differentiate the life of Abraham from the life of a set of people. And doing that with Genesis 11 will help us. But let's just read the genealogy of Abraham. Now, this is the genealogy, this is the genealogy of, ter- of, of Terah. Terah begot Abraham. So we know who Abraham's father uh, was. Should anybody ask you? Now you know. Terah begot Abraham, Nahor, and Aram. So in a nutshell, Abraham had three siblings. Okay. Haran begot Lot. We all know Lot, the Lot who, who was in Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham's cousin. And Haran died, no, nephew, Abraham's nephew. And Haran died before his father, Terah, in his native land, in the horror of the Chaldeans. Then Abraham and now took wives. The name of Abraham's wife was Sarai, or Sarai. And the name of Nahor's wife, Milcah, the daughter of Haran's father of Milcah and the father of Iscah. But Sarai was barren. That's what she said earlier on. Sarai, who later became Sarah. She had no child. She was barren and she had no child. So the emphasis is being laid on the fact that it's possible for someone to have a child and then not being able to have any. But in Sarah's case, she never had a child prior to that time. So she was barren without a hope of, oh, you know, in, in certain instances, so some will say, oh, we have one, but we have delayed for 12 years or for 13 years or for 15 years. We trusted God. But in Sarah's case, she was barren and she had no, she had none. Okay. And Terah took his son, Abram. And by the way, Sarah was a very beautiful woman. Of course, when you look at Abraham, when Abraham was in Egypt, uh, Abraham had to say that uh, for the fear of him being killed, because of the beauty of his wife, so he had to tell his wife, when they ask you, my sister, I am not your husband, though. Tell them that I am your brother and you are my sister. And it took God's intervention because a king had, you know, Colobi, someone else's wife to his room. And God had to show him that, see, 
You cannot do that. All right? She was a very beautiful woman. Not just very beautiful, she was beautiful in and out. Right? She was not just a very beautiful container without a content. Right? She was beautiful in and out. How do we know she welcomed the angels? And of course, that led to our miracles. Okay? So it's not just about how you look, it's about who you really are within. And we must understand that God checks the intent of our heart. Right? So he, 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 he looks deeply into the intent of your heart. Why do you do the things you do? We can deceive human beings, but really God cannot be deceived. Because he weighs the content of our heart. So I may not know what you look like within. As a matter of fact, I don't know what you're thinking right now. But God has the ability to do that. That's why he's God. Amen. Let me continue to read before. Thirty-one. And Terah took his son Abraham and his grandson Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son Abraham's wife, and they went out with them from her of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. And they came to Haran and dwelt there. So the days of Terah were two hundred and five years and Terah died in Haran. I want you to go to, I hope I have this written down somewhere. Joshua. Joshua chapter 24 verse 2. Joshua chapter 24 verse 2. If you have it on, I, yeah, thank you. So the days of, are you there? Joshua 24 verse 2. Thank you. And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers, including who? Terah. The father of... The father of... Dwelt in the other side of the river in whole times. And they served other gods. So the Bible gave us an account that Abraham did not start life with God. Abraham and his father, perhaps, and the entire household, including all of his siblings, worshipped the moon god, who was then believed to be the one that, that was in control of the life cycle of man. Like, it's the moon that you know, that, that controls being more or less like the way we see God now. I mean, capital G-O-D, God. That God is the author of all things. He's the one that gives, that takes. is the author of our lives, author of our faith. The same way they believed the moon was. So, in the hall of the Chaldeans, where Abraham was perhaps given birth to, what they know was the moon God. 
Now, this is it. I found out that God looks for someone that has a contrite heart. Who is just willing to say yes to God's instructions. God is not necessarily interested in your, in your background or how you started out in life. All he wants from us most of the time is where if we are really and indeed willing to do his will. Now, when you look at the genealogy of Jesus, when you read that from the book of Matthew, there were four women who, in the account of men, if I had to judge them or write the history of their lives or decide where they should be, I will not, as a matter of fact, put them in the genealogy of Jesus. Because I will look at their background. I will want to look at perhaps who they were, the things that they have done, or the sin that they have committed. You want to talk about Bathsheba? Who was somebody's wife and then slept with King David? I could, you could put all the blame on David. But you also will want to consider the woman who also gave herself to David. Could you not just say no and get killed for standing for what is right and true? Even if you think that the king is so powerful that he was going to kill you, but at least die on the stand of truth. How could say he was an unfaithful woman? And so you are not worthy to be in the genealogy of Jesus who was going to carry the sin of the world. Amen. I will look at Ruth, who was a Moabite. And I will look at how the Moabite came to being. Moab was the grandson of Lot that was born out of incest that the daughter has with their own father. I will want to look at Rehab. Why should Rehab be my Lord Jesus' grandmother, who was a prostitute? I want to look at Tamar and I will consider those women not um, um, right to be in the genealogy of Jesus. But guess what? God does not see things the way man will see things. That's exactly the same case for Abraham. Abraham that later became someone that God will say about him or testify about him that I will not do anything without telling my friend Abraham. Hey, someone that was serving the moon god, didn't he know that the god exists somewhere? Didn't he know that the moon did not create heaven and the earth in the first place? But congratulations, God doesn't see things the way we see them. For someone, perhaps you're thinking, what's nothing good? You have said to yourself with all, you have looked at your background, your family history. You have looked at people in your entire family, the things they've done or the things they claim they have done or the things you've personally done and you consider yourself not fit or not worthy for God to even speak to you or use you for anything meaningful. We can look through the Bible and we see God use people who by the judgment of man were not qualified. But that is God. We just read here, Joshua was telling the people, your fathers, someone, the person we know to be the father of faith. But the Bible says that Abraham looked unto a city, city whose foundation 
is God. Same Abraham. Abraham means an exalted father. Abraham. Abraham. Not Abraham. I'm sure by the time you do your study, you'll get to know that. Abraham means an exalted, an exalted father. That's the meaning. So, um, the all of the Chaldeans, you might want to know where that was or where that is in the present time. It's the, it's the present day Iraq. And it was, <coughs> excuse me, and it was a very prosperous city. As a matter of fact, history tells us that the hall of the Chaldeans were, was where the modern day, but have you been in the jacuzzi before? You have not been in the jacuzzi before. Have you been in the bathtub before? Perhaps you have one inside your house. I don't like it anyway because it's not safe. If you sleep inside the bathtub, God help you. <laughs> I don't like, I, I, and they say African man don't lie down inside the bathtub. You don't have time. Man, I don't, I'm not talking about our ladies. They might want to exfoliate. Amen. Abi, <laughs> the bathtub that we all see today was invented during Abraham's time, where Abraham lived. You want to know when that was? Oh, very long time ago. You might want to start from Jesus had died over 2,000 years ago. And this is Genesis chapter 12. And there was 450 years between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And you can begin to look back from there. So that was a very long time ago. So Abraham lived in a very, very developed city, prosperous. There, there, will, there will possibly be money. And people must be very smart. It must be a city where you have a lot of activities, you know, and all of that. People were, as a matter of fact, history tells us that Abraham was, was already successful as a businessman. It was, the family was known to be, it's like when you mention the, when you mention the Dangote of now, or when you mention the, you know, those, or when you mention my name. Amen. <laughs> so, it, it, they were a well-known family. They possibly were well-known. And Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12 opened with a very, very interesting statement. Amen. If someone wants to sleep, you are excused to stand up. Amen. That becomes the two of us so that I don't become alone standing. Genesis chapter 12 verse 1. In fact, verse 1a. I'm reading the Living Bible, and then when you look at the New Kingdom's version, it's the same. It's, it's almost sounding the same way. God had told Hebra, 
You know, when you read the Bible sometimes, you don't look at the opening text. Perhaps some of us, we've never paid attention to this statement. God had told Abraham, my next question is when? When did God spoke to Abraham? Or speak? When did God speak? Yes, speak. When did he speak to Abraham? But the Bible says that God had told, if he had said it to him before, even while he was worshipping the idol, God said to him, I want to do something new with your life. I want to start all, I, I, I have plans to, 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 to raise a new crop of people that will stand for righteousness, the people that I will love, people that, they, that through them, my agenda on earth can be born or bettered as it were. And in my findings, I realized that God had told Abraham 50, when Abraham was 50 years, at this time God was talking to Abraham, he was 75 years. And God came back to him and said, see, you know what Abraham, you and I, we have a deal. Maybe some of you are saying to God that, maybe God has said something to you many years ago, and he said, God, please allow me to just enjoy life for a while. Let me pursue this lustful life that is swiftly passing away. You see, but let me say this to you. The instructions of God must be carried out with promptness. Because night comes when no man can do anything. Maybe this is a reminder just the same way God came to Abraham. After 25 years of waiting, the ha ha, young man, I spoke to you 25 years ago. I have not forgotten. You and I, we had conversation. And then you said to me, allow me to prosper in my business. Allow my culture to be, to get to a certain number, maybe 50. Maybe Abraham's had maybe 50 or 10. And he said, God, you know what the deal is? I want to make them 500. had spoken to Abraham before now. It's not too late to yield to God. Leave your own country behind. Behind you and your own people and go to the land I will guide you to. Okay, let's put it this way. Sarah, please, we are going to travel tomorrow. Or, let me put it to you this way. Sir, when you go to the park tomorrow, just take a car and just go. That would have been your question. Imagine telling a 75-year-old man, leave all the comfort that you have put together for yourself. Leave the familiar. Everything that you've known all your life. 
Leave all that you have built for yourself and go. This would have made a, a lot of sense to me. If God had said to Abraham, or Abraham as the case maybe, or as he was answered at that time, or as he answered at that time, if God had told Abraham, go to Madaike, or Eko Dumota, or Sapele, that would have been a very defined journey, isn't it? And I just imagine Abraham, he will, of course, Abraham must have friends, isn't it? And he will say, God is sending me over. I'm living here. I'm packing my things. Me and my wife, all of us, we are going home. And uh, the friends must have told him, where are you going to? To the land that God will show me. They were asking, which God? Is it the moon God? Because that's all that they knew. So but one strange God who had said to me is the creator of heaven and the earth. Says to me, you know the problem most of the time is because we can't see God. Some of us, we have a difficulty in believing that God exists really. So people seem to believe the things that they can easily interface with. That's why some people will be buying for a wood. Because at least they will say to you, we can feel, we can we know. We can point to it that at least nobody can tell us we are stupid. And so he says, Abraham, we're talking to you and says, Abraham, I'm, I'm going. I said, where? I'm going somewhere. Where God, an unknown God, will show me. And they will look at him and say, who has bewitched you really? Someone, something is doing you. But the thing is this, God can be trusted with our lives. We can trust God with every details of our lives. If it's God who has sent you on that assignment, if it's God that has indeed spoken to you to start something, even if it doesn't make sense to you, as long as you are sure and you believe it is God, it is going to happen. And this is it. This might sound funny. But I just also want to believe that God will also honor the innocence of following him. God is merciful and gracious. That you are innocent enough to say, well, I, I just believe this is what the Lord is saying to me. The God that created the whole world will not put you to shame for believing in his name. If your agenda is true and correct, he will honor the, and reward your innocence of following him. That is God. That's God. And go to the land that I will guide you to. If you do, this is the only condition that God gave Abraham. If you do, if you obey me, if you will trust me, if you will allow me to hold your hands, and you, are, you, you believe that God, this God that you perhaps you are just coming to know will not put you to shame, I'm going to do these three things for you. 
Number one, I will cause you to become the father of great nation. I will make you father of a great nation because that is my that is my intention in the first place anyway. Number two, I will bless you and make your name famous and you will be a blessing to many others. Number three, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you and the entire world will be blessed because of you. Now, let me ask us this question. Has God proven himself to be true? The thing is this. The word of the Lord is yea and amen. We can look back. I'm, I'm part of Abraham's blessing. You are. We can look back and, and judge God to be faithful to his words, to these promises in the life of Abraham. Indeed, the nations of the world has been blessed because of one man obedience. Let's look, let's go back to Genesis 11. At that time, let me read the version. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech, and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shina, and they dwelt there. Verse 3. Then they asked, then they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. Right? Let us make bricks and bake them. We have work to do. They, tell, they told themselves. There is a lot of clay. We must make a lot because the project is big. Right? Come, okay. They had brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves. Let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves. Lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. Verse 5. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one and they have all one language. And this is what they begin to do. Not Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down and there confuse the language. Uh, let me stop here. When you look at this story, one might think, but ah, well, these people had a very beautiful intention, isn't it? But the truth is this, when you go back to Genesis chapter 1, God's instruction to man in the first place is to multiply, become, and be fruitful. Multiply and fruitful and, and, and do what? Eh? Feel, eh? And do what? Subdue it. Does this look like they were fulfilling God's agenda? Eh? They weren't fulfilling God's agenda. 
Because someone might think, why would God scatter this project? Is it not a good thing that they are building a, a skyscraper? The truth is this. They wanted to go up. And the instruction is this. Spread. Fulfill. Uh, subdue and be fruitful. And then you see, you see that it was all about self vendettas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that, is that English correct? It's about what they want. It's not what God wants to make them to be. It is what they want to make for yourself or for themselves. Now, this is it. All of us, we are asking for God to bless us. Why? For you to be able to build a skyscraper like they, like they, like they were doing? Or because you want to make, you want to be very famous and blow? That should explain why some of the things you are asking God for, you have not received. Because I'm going to tell you three things that God's blessing ought to do for you. Or how you should see God's blessing. Or what you should use God's blessing for. So when I ask God to bless me, or when you're asking God to bless you, you must understand that God is not going to bless you because you want to make your own name famous. It doesn't work like that in the agenda of God. And when we think about blessing a lot of times, what we think about is money. God has done so many things for me. I mean, I can tell you a thousand things that God has done for me that I didn't use my money to get. So God doesn't need you to... In fact, we must come to a level where, where if God has blessed you and you have money, then you ask God, God, this money, what do you want me to use the money for? Because see, I think we should grow up from just consuming all upon ourselves. The resources that God has put to your hands, he has reasons for them. The network that you have, he has reasons for them. The thing is this, you must ask God the why before you expend resources. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about other things. They want to be Famous, they want their name to be great, and this was just one thing, or all of these things God was going to do for Abraham, just and it's just and on one thing, one, 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 one thing, obedience. If you will do, seek you first the kingdom of God, Matthew six, and His righteousness, and every other thing will come after you. Why do you want God to bless you? Ladies and gentlemen, I want to become rich and famous. God, you cannot serve God and not be famous. See, that people don't know my name here on earth now or yet does not mean I'm not famous in the kingdom of God. That is what matters to me. You see, on this side of the continent, the problem is that our definition of success is wrong. That is why everybody wants to get money, 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 money. Because when, when you, the, the definition of a successful person is someone that rides G-Wagon, lives in Banana Island, is wearing expensive perfume, wearing Rolls Royce. So when you see that in a man, and then with uh, police officers that they are using our tax money to pay their salary, having like 10 in their houses, 
That is the definition of an African successful man. But that's not true. Anyone who obeys God is a successful person. If you don't obey God and his, and his instruction and you're not doing his will, you are not a successful person. It's just a matter of time. You also know. So, I will rather want God to, God says, I will bless you. That's, that's primacy. I will give you essence. I will make you great. And I'll, I'm going to make a name for you. And when God makes a name for you, oh God, that's, I want God to do that for me. Is that not all what we perhaps are trusting God for? You want to be famous? You want to have a name? And God says that I will protect you I will curse those that curse you. I will bless anyone that blesses you. What level of protection can be more than that? And not only that, through you, the nations of the world shall be blessed. I hope I, I, I just pray when all is said and done and I'm long gone, someone will look into the life of my children and say, Oh, we know their great grandfather that served the Lord. Who obeyed God. Now, what must we do with God's blessing? wants to bless you so that you can be a witness of him. So that you can be a witness of his ways. So that you can indeed go into the world and like that woman who met Jesus. Who met Jesus by the well, the Samaritan woman. Who met Jesus by the well. And he said, I have met the Savior. She's told me everything that I have done. Come and see. When God blesses you, it's not a function of you bragging and say, "See, I'm so I'm so smart." You know, when I was in school, I I, I finished with 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 up <laughs> with distinction, and uh, I, I just uh, I am you know we just have a way of 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 of. Uh, we have a way of saying things to people just so they know how smart we are and where we cap it up with. Well, just so they don't say we don't mention God, but God is good. After so many high, and I did, and I that, and I this, and I that, just like this, we will build. I will say, we'll say this, we'll go up, we'll go high, we'll make our name great. They just cap it up with, oh, the Lord is merciful. 
We know, even the person you are talking to knows the Lord is merciful. Someone who has not even received Jesus will tell you that I know that God is merciful. It's clear, it's obvious, we all know. It's a function of when they are ready to accept God. He wants to bless you so that you can tell people of, of Him. You are the light of the world. Matthew chapter 5. Jesus speaking. You are the light of the world. A city that is set upon the hill. When you give God the glory, what you are doing is that you are telling the world that I am a light of the kingdom. When you say to people that the reason for my existence is because God has kept me. It's because of his faithfulness to me. I am standing right now because of his grace. What you are doing is this. You are showing the world the light of Christ. And when people look at your life, they don't see darkness in it. They will have no choice but to come to your light. Because they want to see the God who has made your life so beautiful. So next time someone asks you what's the reason for your joy, be glad to say it is Jesus who has given me joy. When they ask you what's the reason for your peace, be happy to say to them, be bold to say to them, it is Jesus, the Prince of Peace. That way, you are a light. Number two, To be a keeper of his word. <coughs> Excuse me. To be a keeper of his word. To be a protector of his word. And when you talk about word, WRD, we know that from the from Genesis to Revelation, it's about Jesus. Jesus is the word. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And God was the word. In the book of Matthew, it says the word became flesh. John, I, I think. The word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. That's the way message version put it. And this is how you protect the word. Or the word, really. This is how you protect the word. It is living your life out. Living Christ out in your life. In other words, people should not have reasons to say, but Shebi is a Christian now. But Shebi is going to church. Why is he behaving like that? Even an unbeliever is better than him. Even me, that I don't even, I'm not even a, a SU like him. I cannot think like that. Don't, don't let your life be the reason why people will throw mud to the precious name of Jesus. When you do that, you are not protecting the world. And tell me, if you are a salt indeed, you are the salt of the hurts. When the salt loses its taste, how can it be sweetened again 
It is no longer good, but it should be thrown out and be trampled by men. Don't let your life be the reason why people will say they can never be born again or they will never go to church again. When you do that, you are losing your saltiness. You are not protecting the world. You are not protecting the cross. You are not protecting Jesus. The third reason Very, he's very wealthy, but he doesn't like. He doesn't have manners. He doesn't have. He doesn't just. And he's a Christian who they go to. If I know their church, I can you imagine. He's not inviting me to their church to come next week. This one, you. He's inviting me to your church, you. Ah. I would rather go to the shrine than to follow you to your Jesus. Beautiful inside the house. Amen. Number three, God's blessing is to make you a channel of wonders. A life that is devoid of Selfishness. We're going to stop here tonight. But God's blessing, don't forget to do these things, these three things for you. It gives you, it makes you famous. Is going to protect you. God's blessings protect. Because if you if you read that Genesis 12 says, I will bless you, right? And then when I bless you, I will make your name great. I will, I will also cause those who causes you. In other words, I will be the one that will protect you. No wonder God could go all out for Abraham. And getting God's blessing is hinged on one thing. Obedience. Don't forget the assignment we all have next week. Pastor Toby, you're welcome. Thank you so much. The assignment we all have for next week. Do you remember? What is it? Eh? Yes. God help us. So I'll be here. I know everyone in church today. If I don't see you next week, I will know the reason why you have not come to church is that. Pastor has given us work. <laughs> so if you come with a, a note, let us pray. Have you been blessed? Let us pray. And your prayer point will be very simple, just one. Lord, 
Make it easy for me to obey you. Make, I want to enjoy your blessings, Lord. Obedience to God pays. It will pay you. Lord, make it easy for me to obey you. Jesus' name of prayer. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, tonight for your word that has come to us. Thank you, Father. Lord, we pray that your word will continue to grow in our heart in the name of Jesus. Lord, we want to obey you and believe you like Abraham did. Lord, make it easy for us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, glorious Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yes, it's time to welcome you all. If this is the first time in Grace Family, or you're watching us online for the first time, we want to welcome you to church today. Thank you so much for joining the service today. God bless you. We bring you greetings from our senior pastors, Pastor Taiwo, and until the choir. My name is Ola and I'm the teaching pastor of the Grace Family of the Fountain of Life Church. Thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you. Amen. Can we clap our hands for them? Maybe they are watching us online. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, so it's time to give our substance to the Lord. If you're in church with your offering or your tithe, or you want to give towards the vision of the church or to various projects that we have, please do that joyfully. God loves a cheerful giver. The basket is, on the, is by the door. Please cheerfully drop your offering to the Lord on your way out. Let's rise as we share the grace of fellowship. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, God's goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. And so sin shall not have dominion over us. For the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells inside of us and quickens our mortal bodies to the glory of his holy name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Have a pleasant night rest and God bless you. Sarah and you, what of you?